to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm your co-host, Brian. It's good to be with you on a new week and a new Monday morning, dropping this episode with a new topic. This time, we're focusing on cutting the confusion out of your communication. Now, communication is one of those key elements of basically life, but especially the service professional industry, where you are constantly in need of talking to a client talking with other technicians, talking with tech support, whatever it is, and there's plenty of room for error. So we're really excited to dive into this topic. We're going to have a special guest on part two, Mike Vavrick, who is our call center manager and has plenty of expertise in the subject at hand. Before we do all that, we want to jump in here with a quote. So let's throw it over to Brian. Communication, the human connection, is the key to personal and career success. Paul J. Meyer. I think many of you can echo the sentiment of that quote uh, so often. The ability to talk, talk well, say the right things, know when to say it, know how to say it, uh, has great trajectory changes upon your career, upon your life, upon your relationships. And so communication is so critical, and that's why we really wanted to jump in this topic today. Specifically, we're going to be focusing on cutting the confusion out of your communication. So, so often, you know, you can have a conversation with somebody and you say something and they're not in your head and they something say something to you and you're not in your head. And then you both walk away from that and you say, huh, I wonder what they meant by that. And that is the epitome of what people think is communication, but ends up so often not being the fact when two parties walk away from a discussion or a conversation and have different ideas, communication has not occurred. The illusion of it has in that you exchanged words, but the understanding is really what communication is. The understanding of what the other person is telling you, the understanding of what you're telling them, uh, them grasping that idea. That's really what we're talking about. And so we want to jump into this and talk about removing confusion from our conversations. Removing that mutual mystification, as David Sandler put it so well. Um, And particularly what we want to talk about, I think, is when we're dealing with service techs and, you know, comfort advisors and plumbing advisors, electrical advisors, people in the field, even um, CSRs and call takers, anyone who's, who's communicating with the customers on a daily basis. It's removing technical jargon um, and industry words and technical words that might be the title of something, but they don't necessarily have to be there. Um, And replacing them usually with words that mean something to the homeowner. Uh, And if you're dealing with, you know, anybody outside of the trades, 
I mean, you could be working for a gas station attendant um, and a plumber starts talking about the TNP valve on the water heater and there's no real explanation. And I know it happens because I've done it myself. You just say that the TMP valve, the relief valve, and you just kind of gloss over it, you know, maybe flipped it, tested it like it's supposed to be tested on these maintenance visits and it, it didn't shut off. Um, even relief valve is probably better than the TMP valve, but it's just, it's just an example of something where we, we just say something quickly that we know and understand without thinking about the fact that the client has no idea what we're talking about. And maybe they just say, Hey, if it needs replaced, go ahead and replace it. But they, they do deserve a better explanation of what it is. And we can, we can use terminology when discussing our products and services that e- that even avoids the long explanation just by calling something a little bit different name. Um, the name itself can explain what it is and what it does, which is rare in our industry. Um, and and then we use a lot of a lot of initials and stuff like that instead of uh, saying saying outright what something is can get pretty confusing to the client and and everybody remembers being an apprentice when you'd hear a lot of these terms and words or you'd be sent out to your to the truck to get something and you have no idea what you're looking for you don't want to say it maybe you've been called out to grab this thing before and you just get out to the truck in panic mode and just start looking around for what it could be or should be and then give us three four years in the field and we forget all about the fact that most people have no idea what any of this stuff is Also, some things can have a negative connotation to them um, just by their general name. One thing in particular we train on here in, in the Ben Franklin division is um, carbon systems. It's chlorine removal systems. And everybody first really starts deep diving into learning these systems on their own, which is definitely um, promoted here. Do your own research. And they call them carbon systems and they put on their invoice recommended a carbon system to remove chlorine. And and I train against calling them that for two reasons. One, everybody's obsessed right now with, well, not everybody, but but plenty of our, our clients are obsessed with lowering their carbon footprint. And, you know, carbon is the devil and the enemy and it's, you know, killing the environment. And why bring it up? <laughs> it's my my first question is why tell them we want to put something in their home that's called carbon. Um, not that our, our, the people we serve aren't smart enough to, to figure out that that's not what we're talking about. But to me, it's, it's everything's either helping or hurting in your presentation and using words that already have a negative connotation attached to them is hurting. Why put that in the way? Why throw a speed bump in your own way? So I train people to call them whole home water filtration systems. That's what we call them. Not whole house, but whole home. Um, And when you, the first thing you say about this system is that it's a whole home water filtration system, you're already off to a good start because that doesn't need a whole lot of explaining. And you're still going to talk about what things it removes from the water and what it does for this family and what it does for the appliances and all that. But the main thing being, You've taken something that's confusing, carbon system, um, and made it made it have some flair to it, 
who doesn't want a whole home water filtration system? Um, and then there, there are other ones in the plumbing system. Um, I remember in Las Vegas, certainly the, the, uh, angle stops under the sinks and toilets were, were a huge deal. Um, the things were just blowing off left and right. They were corroding really fast. Um, you would go into a home where one had blown off and you'd end up replacing all of them. And it was something I really got into there and kind of kept doing as I came into Pennsylvania, just removing the old crusty plastic stemmed valves and putting in the, the uh, quarter turn valves with the braided stainless supply. And everybody called them angle stops. And I would see and recommended, I would have the, uh, this is before the iPad era, but I'd have the dispatcher read off to me the history and what recommendations were at this home before I'm going out, um, which is now something we get to do with our iPads. But I would, I would read, I would hear them read angle stop, replace angle stops, angle stops. And I would get to the home and I would say, I was going over the past recommendations and just wanting to see if you were wanting to get any of that done or did it was there anything you didn't understand about that and i would ask people if they knew what angle stops were and they had no idea what i was talking about despite six months ago or a year ago there was a supposed presentation given on them and i just started calling them emergency shutoff valves which is what they are i mean these valves exist so that if you go you know 3 a.m you go to use the bathroom and you wash your hands and handle breaks off and is pouring water all over the place you can just pop the cabinet open reach down turn off the angle stop and use it as the emergency shutoff valve that it is until you can get it fixed so i just changed the terminology on that and as soon as i did it just it became more important to the homeowners to have these things in working, good working order. I mean, we've all been to the home where you go to turn these things off, which we should be doing on maintenance visits, in my opinion. If you're really maximizing a system, all of the emergency shutoff valves need to be in good working condition. You twist the thing and it starts pouring water out of the handle or it won't turn at all or it turns all the way and doesn't even turn it halfway off um, or even worse, it, the handle breaks off in your hand. Um just just starting by saying we're going to check your emergency shutoff valve and then they see that happen or what I like to do a lot of time was I would turn the bathroom sink faucet on and I would say let's just pretend that this thing's leaking all over the place right now what's your first step and they'd say um a lot of time they would ask me I don't know what would we do I said well pop the cabinet open and turn your emergency shutoff valves off and let them do it so if it breaks off in their hand it wasn't wasn't our uh our doing it doesn't look like we planned it or something like that um but i would call it emergency shutoff valve i wouldn't say look for your angle stop have something that's impactful that means something to the client um in the electrical field surge protectors was always a tough one for me because if somebody says, you know, do you have a surge protector? I, I would just point to, you know, behind my TV where the the power strip sits with its built-in surge protector. And then you're telling me I need one for whatever it is, $1,000 to put in a whole house. I'm like, huh? I paid like 12 bucks for that thing on Amazon. Why would I, why would I want one that's, you know, cost 10 times that? But to call it a, a whole home power conditioner 
that also protects from surges and lightning strikes and it, you know, levels out the power coming in from the power company so it's not um, spiking and dropping and rocketing up and just uh, takes it from a wavy line to a straight line so it's not damaging your appliances and your light bulbs and killing everything faster. The whole home power conditioner with surge and lightning strike protection to me was a way that the second you brought that thing up it has a completely different feel um, to the homeowner than does just saying surge protector. Surge protector is a tough a tough buy for me as a homeowner for, you know, $1,000 or whatever it is. And then in the HVAC world, um, I hear, I hear a lot of, I mean, there, you can do this with every product and service. There's some way you can change the terminology of every product and service. Um, especially if it's going to be your niche, which we do, which we do teach. There are riches and niches. If it's going to be the main thing that you're about, um, changing up what you call it to, to just separate yourself from everyone else who's going into their home or who, who's been to their home or the other estimates they might get if they don't purchase it from you today. Um, you talk about that product more like you're in love with it, which is what you should be. Or in my opinion, it should definitely not be your niche product. But the UV light, <clears throat> and this can be in plumbing on well systems or in um, HVAC world, uh, on the HVAC system, the UV light, everybody calls it that UV light, UV light. I like, um, as I was talking to Aaron Buckwalter, my counterpart, um, who manages the, the, uh, teams here with me, uh, he was talking about it's, it's indoor sunlight. So what does sunlight do to, to bacteria in the air? It, it kills it. I mean, they even say COVID can't last more than like a second out in the sun so we were just talking about like what should you call it and you know like the indoor sunlight system just had a cool ring to us now neither of us has ever presented this product in the home as the indoor sunlight system and i don't know what uh reaction that would get from a homeowner who's like well i don't want skin cancer (laughs) so you might have to uh make up your own version of that but i but i implore everybody to like shake up your terminology a bit just change it from from these technical words and phrases that people don't understand what you're talking about to something that fits the product and is accurate is an accurate description of the product but also has a bit more of a buzz to it a, a bit more flair to it is is something that it's a little bit more exciting as we say about the presentation your presentation for whatever product it is 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 a commercial and you don't want to be the commercial that's airing on TBS right now as we record this podcast at 1030 in the morning that is, uh, you know, almost free and has very low production value. You want to be the Super Bowl commercial. So your presentation of your product is what Coca-Cola is putting into their commercial for the Super Bowl specific, which is a whole different budget, a whole different team putting it together. It's like, they may very well use a movie production studio to make that commercial versus just a standard marketing firm to make it for 2, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon. And that is how you want to treat your presentation, 100%. I don't care what you're presenting. You, you want to go to work on that presentation, on that 
description of that product or service in a way like it has the potential to make or break an extra thirty, forty thousand dollars in income for you this year because it absolutely does. It is the difference between people buying it and not buying it. You have to transfer your enthusiasm to them. Yeah, really good stuff there, Brian. And I think what you're getting at is that words have meanings and how you use them, what you say, and what you're talking about all matter in communication. So you've heard the term buzzword or jargon before. Uh, You've heard the term triggering word before. Those are all realistic things. Uh, What Brian was talking about there is predominantly like either uh, using the word to help them understand or, or not using certain words to help them from not getting confused. Uh, but words absolutely have meaning. And alongside with that, how you say the words have meaning too. Your emphasis, your tonality in your conversation plays a big impact on how somebody is reading you. Right now, listening to this podcast, all you're hearing is our words and our tone. And within that, I mean, we hope that you're enjoying the message. You can hear whether we're excited about something. You can hear whether we're being animated about something. You can hear whether we are, are sad or more somber about something. So the tonality of your voice and how you present something absolutely impacts your ability to communicate. Just like uh, when you're listening to a song, you know, all you're hearing there is, is the music and the words Uh, of the song. So the lyrics are the words, the music kind of fills in as the tonality and even the singer's voice. Is he quiet and soft? Is she, you know, at the top of her range, very loud and vocal? And that impacts the meaning of the song, right? For example, if you would take a Rage Against the Machine song or something like that, and you would set it to a classical track of violin music in the background, it would feel very odd and awkward. Similarly, if you would take like a Pavarotti lyric and set it to the background of, you know, a death metal guitar, uh, it would again feel very awkward. So your tonality and your words should be matching what you're trying to communicate. If you are concerned about something that you're seeing in the home, like uh, there is, there's water in the panel causing rust and uh, degrading to the breakers, like that should be something that you present in a more somber, serious, concerned tone. This is an issue. Um, this is something you should be worried about. This is something that you know is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, think of it from a non-trade perspective. If you're a doctor and you're giving bad news to somebody, like, I'm sorry, the cancer is back. You know, if the doctor is laughing while he is saying that, uh, like, I don't even know what the words are for how the person would receive that information. So, you know, bad news is typically delivered in a somber, more serious tone, whereas good news often comes with upflexion in the voice. Like, hey, Brian, uh, guess what? It's going to be 70 degrees today. It's going to be beautiful outside. Really can't wait to get out there and enjoy that sunshine. And you hear the difference in the voice or uh, Brian... It's supposed to it's supposed to rain again today. Yeah, oh man, it's 40 degree rain. Who doesn't love that, right? So the tonality of how you say what you're saying absolutely helps avoid confusion for the customer and helps you get your point across in a more clear fashion. Tonality, um, facial expressions, body language, all of it plays a much larger part than the actual words you're saying. But for the sake of this particular episode and the guests we're going to bring in today, I, I want to keep us on track 
speaking about the terminology, the words we're actually saying. Um, because while the sale will most likely not be made by the words you're using, um, it can very easily be broken by the words you're using. And getting into confusing terminology is the 100% best way you can do that, <clears throat> um, which is using a bunch of long technical words that the person sitting across from you does not understand. And you can explain your way through any of those words. I'm not saying you can't. Um, but why would you if you don't have to? Call these things something that means something to the homeowner and you don't have to worry about explaining those things away. It's like Gene Slade, sales, sales trainer, um, HVAC sales trainer, posted a Facebook video where he was talking about, uh, I mean, something that I wholeheartedly agree with. He was talking about guys coming in with huge beards and like piercings and face tats and like looking like somebody that you don't want in your own personal home working on your equipment and um, saying that these don't look like guys who make $100,000 a year and they probably don't. And then, of course, naturally, with any time you say something, three guys jump into the comments and tell them how, oh, I know a guy who's a top producer who has a big beard. And, and, you know, somebody else likes the comment and says, oh, yeah, we don't all have to, you know, be perfectly clean cut. Those statements are true. I mean, I've known guys who, who looked, in my opinion, very unprofessional and made their way through it anyway. But why put it in your way? Why, why have that to overcome when, it, when it's a statistical fact that a certain percentage of Americans don't they automatically distrust somebody with large facial hair, um, piercings and stuff that in the tri brands, I don't think that kind of thing is accepted necessarily, but you know, for anybody who's listening, who's not part of the tri brands and has a choice whether to come in looking like ZZ top, um, or shaving it all off and being clean cut and professional, why put it in between you and even 15% of the people you serve? If, if that's the number these days of people who automatically don't trust somebody because they have a large facial hair. You, you can talk your way through that. Certainly you can work your way through that and get them on the other side of that. But why put one more brick in the wall between you and, and your homeowner? Why do that? I just, I've never understood that mindset. Ask Pink Floyd. Another brick in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't get the concept of, of, I mean, I'm, all I was trying to do was be as efficient as possible at finding the challenge that that my client is dealing with and and giving them a solution that they would say yes to as, as efficiently and quickly as possible so anything i thought was getting in the way of that the slightest bit it just needed to get cut out it doesn't need to be there and i don't understand uh, why you wouldn't do it if you had the opportunity be it being clean cut or using um, more ear-friendly words to describe your products than what it says on the label. So in, in thinking of that and talking about that, I was trying to come up with some of the, the uh, jargon and words and phrases that I changed up in my own presentations and that I trained the plumbers here to use instead of instead of uh or not use and, and use better words in place of them and there were things like 
the anode rod. And for my own sake, I mean, where I was at in Las Vegas, I remembered if there were a dozen plumbers, like eight of them called it the anode rod and four of them, usually the old timers, called it the anoid rod, which I don't even know where that word came from because it's, <laughs> there's no I in <laughs> A-N-O-D-E for anybody listening. It is an anode. Um, well, we still have guys who, here who call it that. But for the sake of the fact that we're not even pronouncing it the same from one tech to the next. Is that like my wife takes a run to Target? To pick up, pick <laughs> yeah. up some groceries. And, and is annoyed when you mention her in this podcast? <laughs> yeah, probably. Might be a rod waiting for you when you get home. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I just decided that, one, I don't need that that word in there. For one, it's, a, it's like a Google generation. Anything you say, the second you walk back down the stairs or go to get your iPad, they're Googling what you just said. So change it up. I called it the sacrificial rod. There's a, there's a sacrificial piece of metal in your water heater that dot, dot, dot. And I don't want to get into the technical um, aspect of what that is, but I, do want, I did want to talk about the fact that I was constantly taking notes in my truck when I was running calls on my presentation. I, all I said, and I just talked about this with the, in the Mr. Sparky sales training Tuesday morning, was duly noted. It's duly noted or note to self. Um, <clears throat> whenever I would catch something like that, the different texts call that a different thing, just pronounce it differently, I would just say, you know what, I don't need this. I'm going to call it the sacrificial rod or the sacrificial metal inside the water here. When was the last time you saw, inspected, had shown to you the sacrificial uh, rod inside your water heater that protects the tank line. Uh, never. Okay, let's we'll check it out now. I'm going to go grab a new one. I'll set it next to the water heater. You can watch me pull it out, and we'll see how they match up. Um, but it, it was just a matter of, like, removing any words that were going to cause any kind of confusion. I, You know, even, like, water softener. I, I'm not calling it a water softener because, man, is that thing easy to shop the second you walk down the hallway, um, they can just easily flip their phone out and put water softener, and they're going to see that piece of junk Water Boss Home Depot special for, I don't know, $240. And it says expert installation, $150, right, right below it, or $199. Why give them that opportunity to, to shop you, um, especially if, like, you know these are Mercedes people and they're going online and finding a, a Hyundai, but they don't know it. All they know is you said water softener, Home Depot saying water softener. Why is there a difference? Uh, they'll tell you they're going to think about it, and then they go to Home Depot and get, get a low-quality unit put in. I called it whole home water conditioning. Uh, that's what I called it in a truck. That's what I train our plumbing techs here to call it is your whole, whole home water conditioning system. It will condition this water to feel better, to treat your hair better, to treat your, you know, your linens better, to not leave caked up marks all over your shower doors and your dishes and what have you. It conditions the water, thereby making it much more usable and much more uh, friendly to the people who live in the home. Yeah, excellent, excellent point there, Brian. And I'm thinking about that as far as, you know, terminologies and things like that. I mean, 
being in the trades is certainly not the only industry that suffers from this. Uh, you know, not being a, a, a mechanic, an auto mechanic myself, you know, if I take my car into the shop uh, for a noise or something like that, and the mechanic comes out and says, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> your piston, your uh, camshaft, your transmission, all these things, like they mean something to him. They don't mean a whole lot to me. Um, and even me trying to like make up terms about what's in a car is kind of humorous in itself. And so feel, feel the same type of silly ignorance that I do right now, trying to even think of mechanical terms in a car. That's how your customer feels when you start talking about whatever things that you do, right? When you start talking about compressors and contactors and capacitors and arc breakers and GFCIs and, and, you know, the, the PSI on the, the copper flex shark bite and all this stuff, like the customer's hearing words come out of your mouth. They're watching your lips move, but they're not tracking with you. And so communication at a base level is the art of having another person understand exactly what you are trying to tell them. That doesn't mean that they heard your words and can repeat them back to you. That means that they heard the message they heard the, the intention of what you were trying to tell them. They understand it, uh, at least you know, to the ability that's, that they can. They grasp the concept, and they can make an educated decision based upon that information. That is communication. And eliminating as much confusion from that conversational transaction as possible is, is critical to success in the home services industry. And we're really excited for part two of this episode where we will be interviewing Mike Vabrick. He is uh, quite gifted with communication and we are excited to have him on here uh, to be able to share some of his insights because he is often doing it over the phone, which means that he has to rely on just words and tone. Um, whereas many of you in the field, you also get to have your body language involved as well. So we'll really look forward to having him on. Make sure you tune into part two of the podcast where you can hear that interview. As for us, we're calling it a wrap on this podcast. Remember, we are doing this to challenge and encourage you. And if you are interested in learning more, we are hiring. We'd love to get to know you. We'd love to hear about your story. We'd love to hear about your communication, both challenges and successes. And we'd love to see if there's a fit for you here on our team. Uh, we are constantly looking for people who are great communicators, and we will help you understand more about the mechanics and getting you trained up in those right ways. But if we can find strong communicators, it's a huge plus for us. So for those of you out there who are um, feeling that you want to get better in communication, there's training here. There's plenty of other resources, podcasts, YouTube videos, and whatever else books out there for you to listen to. Make sure you pick up something and start, start with the basics. Start with just understanding communication, like Brian talked about, checking your words. What words are you using? How are you talking to the client? There's plenty of opportunity for growth there. And that's what we want to challenge you in this week. Grow in your communication. Start removing the confusion from it and try to get it as straightforward as possible. For us, you can look us up on wastenoday.com, find us on Facebook, hit us in the comments section. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to meet with you. Remember that you have the opportunity to not spend your days wishing for more. 
the choices that you have, the choices that you make today will directly affect your tomorrow. And so make sure that you wake up every single day and choose to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.